O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. The words of a beloved Christmas carol remind us that Jesus, the bread of life, sent from heaven, was born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, the little town, barely more than a village. Bethlehem is about five miles south of Jerusalem, where the wise men will pass through when they come to worship Jesus. The little town named Bethlehem, which means house of bread, Beth being house and Lehem being bread. And how did the bread of life come to be born in the house of bread? Well, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered during the time when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. The reason for the registration is not stated, but the most likely reason is it was either an updating or the creation of a tax roll. Now, a quick word about Caesar and Quirinius. They were not in power in what we would now consider the year zero or year one, the first year of Jesus' earthly life. Caesar and Quirinius were in power the years prior to when we have traditionally dated Jesus' birth. When the calendar was created, it was intended to be from the date of Jesus' birth. But when that date of Jesus' birth was being figured out, some incorrect estimations were made. And as a result, we now know that Jesus was really born anywhere between 3 B.C. and 6 B.C. And the research from Dr. Molnar of Rutgers University indicates that 6 B.C., seems to be the best choice for accurately dating Jesus' birth. And going back to our Gospel text, Caesar sent out his decree that all the world should be registered and that the registration was to be in the head of household's family town. Mary is betrothed to Joseph, so all the laws of marriage apply to them, and as a couple, therefore, Joseph takes Mary with him and heads from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The distance is not terribly far. Even on foot, it can be walked in a week. But Mary is well along in her pregnancy, and as a result, surely took two or three times as long to make the trip than it would have if they could travel full speed if she were not rapidly approaching the day she would give birth. The result is Joseph and Mary were slow to arrive in Bethlehem, where all of Joseph's brothers, sisters, cousins, nieces, and nephews, and various other family members would be arriving for the registration. The family home where they would all be trying to stay is full of all these relatives. Now, as our Christmas carol continues, it's time for Mary to give birth. For Christ is born of Mary, and gathered all above, while mortals sleep and angels keep, their watch of wondering love. Luke explains to us with only a few slight details that Mary gave birth to Jesus, her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Mary's firstborn son. And here the text is not saying that Jesus is the first and more will follow. Luke is declaring Jesus' legal status and privilege. In Exodus, we read, The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. Whoever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, 
is mine. As Bible scholar John Nolan says, the word firstborn provides no basis for a decision concerning possible further children born later to marry. Our Christmas carol continues with the story of Christ's birth. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. Mary wraps Jesus in swaddling clothes. Swaddling clothes are strips of cloth. They will be they will prevent Jesus from wriggling around and will keep him warm, just like when we wrap a baby in a blanket. But the swaddling clothes, the strips of cloth, are basically the same as the strips of cloth used to bind a body for burial. We see here a subtle signal about Jesus. Jesus, having taken on human flesh, has subjected himself to the bonds of death so that we might be freed to eternal life. Jesus, the bread of life, was then laid in a manger, a feed trough for animals. Why a manger? Why a feed trough for animals? St. Cyril of Alexandria explains that Jesus found man reduced to the level of beasts. Therefore, he is placed like fodder in a manger, that we, having left off our bestial life, might mount up to that degree of intelligence which befits man's nature. And whereas we were brutish in soul, by now approaching the manger, even his own table, we find no longer fodder, but the bread from heaven, which is the body of life. Our Christmas carol concludes, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us, abide with us, O Lord Emmanuel. Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. Jesus, the bread of life, the bread from heaven, is placed in the feed trough for animals because we who are made animals by sin can come and eat and be restored to the dignity of humanity and the fullness of life. Now today, we, like the shepherds and the wise men of old, who came and found Jesus, the bread of life, in a manger, can come and find Jesus, the bread of life, on the altar, for us to eat and be freed from the bonds of sin. And for that reason, we can say, Merry Christmas. Amen.